Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for June has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5, and they really are the best. Check them out at cashfly.com, C-A-C-H-E, fly, and let them know you heard about them on 5x5. Our show today is brought to you by four great sponsors. The first one is Hover.com, Simplified Domain Management. You've probably registered a domain with a company that just wants to sell you services you're not interested in when all you want is a simple .com or maybe a CO or TV. If the .com you want isn't available, you can also get .net, and that's the one alternative to .com that's really become universally accepted. Hover makes it easy. You just enter the domain name you want into their search box, and Hover will tell you if it's available. If not, it'll come up with some suggestions. You can also just type in a few keywords, and Hover will tell you uh, some available domains using those terms for you like a magical robot. They have real human beings available for support, and their number is right on the front page of their website. If you have any problems, just pick up the phone and call. They have a no-hold policy. Somebody just answers the phone. Seamless transfers from other providers, elegant DNS management, email hosting, and more. And if you use the code DANSENTME or visit hover.com slash DANSENTME, you'll get 10% off of everything you buy from hover.com. All right. I have a very special guest this week, and uh, I should introduce her right away. Uh, This is Aditi Terpstra. How are you doing, Aditi? I'm doing very well. Thank you. It is uh, a pleasure to have you here. It's a pleasure to be married to you. So I will introduce you as my wife, uh, my partner, my my uh, muse. Yes. Was that flattering? Okay. Very flattered. That was very flattering. I'm very, very flattered. Thank you. So let's talk about you. Uh, what do you do? Well, I am a jack of all trades, kind of, in the animal profession. And uh, I do professional dog training and animal behavior work um, as a, I guess you could say as a day job, but that's also uh, my hobby as well. And I like to nerd out on learning about behavior and how animals think and and relate to us. Awesome. Um, So you are, uh, you, you would consider yourself a nerd. It's not offensive for me to say that you're pretty nerdy too. I'm pretty nerdy. Yeah. No, it's not offensive. It's it's a badge of honor. You are you're not an overly technical nerd, and that's I think that's a lot of people associate being nerdy with floppy disks and glasses and and knowing how to program. And that's really not your area of interest at all, right? Not really. No, and I I'm not well versed in that area, but I think being a nerd you can it's just uh finding whatever you're passionate about and really diving into it and trying to know all aspects of it. And to me, that's, you can be a nerd and, and all sorts of walks of life. You can be a sports nerd too. And, um, so I just happen to be a behavior nerd. So let's talk about where this all began. Uh, as a child, as a young, uh, you, well, let's say you were adopted. Is it okay to talk about that? That's perfectly fine. So you were adopted. You're from India, and you were adopted by a Polish family. And you ended up with the name yes. Aditi Azizi Zarnomsky and ultimately Aditi Azizi Zarnomsky Terpstra. Yes, a very uh, um, diverse ethnical name. <laughs> ethnic name. <laughs> yes. Um, 
So as a young Aditi Azizi Zarnowski Terpstra, no, I'm sorry, as a young Aditi Azizi Azizi Zarnowski, did you have a fascination with animals at that point? Yeah, from my earliest memories. And I I came into this home with... um, with two cats in my, in my family. And so animals were always around and an integral part of my life. And, um, they were my confidants and I, I tended to be a shy child and, uh, but I wasn't shy with the animals and, um, yeah, they just played a very, uh, important role in my life and in shaping who I am today. What would you say the nerdiest thing you did early on in life having to do with animals would be? Oh, geez. Even as, as a, a really young kid, I, I wanted to be a veterinarian. And so at a, at a young age, my parents went out and got me one of those doctor kits. And I would um, dress up like a, like a veterinarian, um, an OR veterinarian. <laughs> Because I would wear the the scrubs and put the cap on, and nice um, pajamas, and then yes, yeah. Oh, they're OR scrubs. Oh, are they? Ha ha ha. Um, and and so I would I would wrap the cat. I would bandage the cats, and I, those those cats really, you know, they put up with a lot when I was a young age. So even even then, I was thinking about, you know, I'd, I'd watch what the vets did when I would go in, when we'd take our animals in and I would observe everything. And then I would come home and, and try to um, mimic that with my own, <laughs> with my own very tolerant cats. <laughs> they must've been very forgiving. Well, one of them was, um, uh, the other one, not so much. And I, um, often, well, pretty much always had some type of scratch or bite on me because, uh, she would let me know that she wasn't very um, excited about that. What's interesting is her name was Avatar, and it uh, back back then it didn't have what well, didn't have the meaning it has today in the in the tech world. Uh, she was named after a wizard in a movie, and so I, I just find it funny now that people speak about avatars, and back then it was a name that you just you never had heard of. I do remember the first time I heard that and thinking it sounded magical. Yes. Yeah. And then you found out it was just ridiculous. Um, so, so uh, you would say you learned a lot about behavior uh, through uh, trial and error. Through trial and error, I, I'm in an observation sponge. I, I, I'll sit. I can go and um, watch two dogs playing for an hour. You know, I, and I don't. Don't get bored with that because for me, I'm. It's not just two dogs playing. I'm watching the relationship. I'm watching the subtle changes, and we missed a lot of it too. So, um, you know, the the longer that you spend observing it, the more you pick up, and the more sometimes it's. It seems like the more that you, the more you become knowledgeable, the less you know. Um, and so I, you know, I'm constantly being kind of humbled by that of you think you know something and and then that you know you observe it again and you realize that there's a whole nother layer there that you uh that you haven't even touched i think that's perfectly legitimate to say that the more you know the less you know 
Yes. The more, the, the more so. you know how little you know. Um, yes. yes. All right. Well, I'm going to do a second sponsor, and then I would love to talk about uh, specifically some, some animal behaviors. Okay. So our second sponsor today is Shutterstock.com, where you'll find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. Start your search at Shutterstock.com to find that perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or any other creative project. Shutterstock.com gives you a global image collection to find images from across the world to suit your project. Choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages. Choose whatever fits your need and never have to compromise. If you need just one image for your blog or mock-up, you can do that too. Every time you visit Shutterstock, you'll find something new because they add 10,000 new images every day. And it's more affordable than you think, with no extra charge for large files. Just download any image at any size and pay only one price. They don't nickel and dime you for high-resolution images. If you need them, you can just take them. Easily curate and share pictures via Lightboxes. You can choose your favorite pictures or videos and add them to your own Lightbox gallery as you search. You can also use their iPad app to do this. There's something called Enhanced License Access. If you like an image and you want to run it on print or swag for your trade show, they can get you an enhanced license for any image. They also have a huge library of vectors, icons, infographic templates, and video clips, should you need any of those. If you need help at Shutterstock.com, you get an account rep dedicated to you who will answer any questions. They also have 24-hour support during the week. Sign up for a free browse account. Go to Shutterstock.com. No credit card needed. When you find the images you like and you decide to purchase, use the offer code DANSENTME6 and get 30% off of any package. Okay, so Aditi, um, you you currently have what I would consider a lot of expertise in the area of uh, especially dog behavior. You've worked with the ASPCA, you've worked with uh, local, the Humane Society, you do training. You're, uh, you're, you're kind of uh, developing at least a regional fame as an expert in this topic. Would you say that's fair? I would say that's fair, and it seems to be growing, which is nice. How do you feel about that? Uh, I feel good, I guess. Um, I I feel confident in, in what information I'm I am uh, giving to clients because what the the training that I offer, the behavior advice that I'm giving, is based in in science. It's, it's got research, it's got data to back it up. Um, and, and that field is, is always evolving and changing and, and, and I'm changing with it. So every year, as you well know, I travel to different conferences and attend different seminars and, um, learn from the, the best of the best and people who are, you know, who, who are on the ground doing this research and so yeah i feel i feel confident in the in the information i i have and what i'm um giving back to people and and you would say i believe that the things you learn every day affect the things that you believe and that over the years yes things change you know for in any field for anybody if you don't look at what you did 10 years ago and hate it you're, you're not right. growing. Well, that's that's the beauty of learning and also of behavior. It's like you're you're not going to continue to, you know, touch that hot burner. You learn from that, and you you 
you go on, you, you learn that, oh, I, I need to change my behavior if I'm going to not burn myself in the future. So you, I mean, the same is applied for, for any field that's changing. If you want to be progressive, you want to keep up with it. You're going to be, um, as, as more, um, research and data is collected and, and, you're changing your baseline on things, you're going to evolve with that or you're going to fall behind. And I've definitely changed a lot over the years. I, I'm what they call a crossover trainer. So when I first got involved in dog training at the time, the only information that was available to me was um, the dominance theory, um, force-based training, using a lot of aversives with dogs. And uh, uh, because at, again, at the time that was that was what we had. Those were the tools, and um, that was the common uh, tr- training advice that you would get. And since then, learning more about animal behavior and learning theory, um, having the the field as a whole change in the last twenty years, um, I'm I've changed how I work with animals and I, I don't use force-based mes- methods anymore um, because that's not what's supported and it's not what's proven to work. And we can have a much healthier and um, more beneficial relationship with our with our animals, whether it's a dog or a parrot or a horse, um, when, we, when we work with them and have a, a dialogue versus as a monologue with them. Awesome. Um, so speaking about scientific methods, uh, a, t- a topic has come up on uh, several shows on the 5x5 network about the alpha dog. Um, mm. And I'm just wondering if you can shed some light on the idea of the alpha dog and how it pertains to uh, science, scientific training methods. Sure, Yeah. So that's, again, that's one of those um, theories out there, I guess you could say, that that has been longstanding in our society that you need to be the alpha of of your dogs, that there's like a strict hierarchy that um, dogs live by. And if if you don't show them that you're the the pack leader, um, that the dogs will take over and, and rule the house or be aggressive. And that's simply not the case. And unfortunately there are <clears throat> some people in the entertainment industry that have been sensationalized that, um, uh, that have a loyal following and, and, um, and people, people still think that, that this is the accurate way, but research has shown that that's not the case. Um, the alpha dog, theory came about based on faulty, you could say faulty research that was conducted back in the 1940s on man-made wolf packs. And what I mean by man-made wolf packs are um, scientists went out while, you know, uh, caught wolves from different packs. Um, So they would, would catch individual wolves and then they put them into a captive environment together and, you know, studied the behaviors. Well, that was not a natural pack. Um, these were individual animals that were housed together in really stressful situations. And so they were seeing behaviors that weren't natural. 
And then you had some people come along after that and say, wow, these, these wolves are displaying a lot of aggression. Um, and there's, there seems to be, a uh, they seem to be trying to get rank with each other, um, and, and fight for rank and, so they thought, well, look, you know, since dogs are descendants of wolves, we should mimic how um, these animals are behaving towards each other. We should mimic that and how we behave with our dogs. Unfortunately, again, because this wasn't a natural forming wolf, we, we got a really um, inaccurate <laughs> portrayal of, of how, these, how these animals were coexisting. And when... Um, when more current research came out where they actually studied natural formed packs in the wild, they found that there wasn't this strict hierarchy. Um, it was a lot more plastic and there was, it would change depending upon the, the situation. Um, the wolf packs acted more like a human family unit did where there was a mutual respect for the parents of the pack the older siblings would help raise the younger siblings. Um, and when they would see a wolf go into that submissive rollover, exposing its belly, that was a voluntary act. It wasn't another wolf forcing the other wolf into that position. Um, so when people tried to mimic that with their dogs, when they were forcing them into what we call these alpha rollovers, um, they were were terrifying their dogs and <clears throat> some dogs would would willingly go into that and would what we call in the in, in the industry they would shut down or go into learned helplessness um, but other dogs would retaliate because that was a big threat to them and they would come back and they would you know aggress or or try and bite or snap and and people would then come back with more force and the thing is is aggression breeds aggression so the more forceful you get with an animal if they're not going to tolerate it and they're going to come back they're you're just going to you're just going to keep having to up your your punishment which is it gets into a really um nasty snowball effect um so the alpha dog theory just just doesn't hold hold its weight <laughs> because dogs really aren't trying to take over the world. They're just, they're not, they're trying to figure out their, their way in just the day-to-day -day routine. And when a dog does display aggression towards something or somebody, most of the time that is out of fear and because the dog doesn't know any better, they don't feel confident. So it's not that the dog is trying to, to take over. It's that they, they just simply don't understand and they're scared. So these uh, the scientists behind this study, the original study on these uh, mm -hmm. man-made wolf packs, do they still support their theories? They don't actually. Um, one of the the uh, scientists behind all that, Dr. Meech, he he actually regrets coining the term alpha because um, he wanted alpha to be used in terms of a breeding male and female in a pack. Um, but it got misrepresented and, um, and defined as, as the pack leader and that the alpha was the dog that, um, was, you know, like the most aggressive and would, 
would be, um, you know, dominant over the other dogs or, or, or over the other wolves. But that's that's just simply not the case when you're when you're studying natural wolf packs. So that is an interesting thing that most people aren't aware of is that um, the researchers themselves have, you know, they they have changed as well with with um, with the more current studies that they're doing and and seeing the changes. So what's the relationship then between wolves and dogs, domestic dogs? Yeah, well, domestic, I mean, the dogs that we have in our homes today, they they really, there's really very little that they have in common with, with wolves. I mean, they've been domesticated for over 13,000 years and our, our house dogs, um, have really we we have bred them to the point where they're 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 more in some ways they're more like us than they are probably their their you know wolf cousins in the essence that um they have they have learned to coexist with us in a way that um they're really receptive of just even our subtle um body changes and where we even where we look at things they they take notice of that um so for instance uh, there's been some recent research that they do a they do a little test in a lab where they they hide a treat under a cup and the researcher just looks at the cup that has the treat under it and even the youngest of puppies will follow and and go to that cup where the researcher is just looking at versus the other cup, like overwhelming amount. And then if they do that same research or that same study with, um, with primates, with chimpanzees, uh, looking at the cup, even pointing to the cup, they don't have near the success rate. So we've actually bred dogs and, and dogs have just co-evolved with us to, um, to read us to their favor, basically. So they, you know, they've, they've learned that, that, um, if they, if they really watch us and follow and, and observe our body language, it's, it's to their benefit. You know, they, they, they end up getting a, a richer life from that through, <laughs> through the ages. So, um, dogs, you know, there's, there's different theories out there, but, um, kind of the more mainstream one these days is that, Dogs really kind of, kind of domesticated themselves in a way. It wasn't that people went into a wolf den and grabbed a wolf cub and you know raised that up and and that's how we came about with dogs. It, it, the domestication of dogs really came about when um, when people started to uh, form colonies and and setting up camps where they stayed longer and there was a became a, like a dumping ground for waste. And that's that's when a few wolves decided that they were going to scavenge for that. And through the generations, they realized, yeah, you know, the wolves that figured out that niche and they stayed closer to humans and foraged for those scraps, um, they kind of domesticated themselves uh, and and realized, you know, wow, well, it's a good thing. So um, it's it's interesting to... to um, to look at the history of the evolution.
evolution of dogs. Definitely interesting. Um, I find it very fascinating that uh, the like the alpha the dog theories indicate you know that we basically uh, we conquered the dogs, we domesticated them ourselves, and not that they chose to uh, and and obviously for their own benefit, uh, but they chose to, oh, to right. be loyal companions to us because it served them well. It served them well, and that's the that's the other big you know kind of mythology out there i guess is people i say oh you know dogs are man's best friend and they're they're loyal and they which i'm not arguing that that's the case but it's not purely out of love for man it's for the benefit of the animal <laughs> dogs don't i mean a dog isn't going to come up and be your best friend if you're going to shun that creature and you're not going to give them food and you're not giving them affection. Um, dogs don't love us just because they love us. They love us because we give them food. We give them shelter. I mean, our, our dogs and our home are, they have everything they have it made, you know, so <laughs> they don't have to worry about a thing. And, um, and that's a big component of why they're loyal to us. Not just because we're humans and they're dogs. It's because we give them they give them, we give them what they need to survive. I think, I mean, even with people to expect someone to expect loyalty when you are not doing someone uh, a favor. I mean, like when, mm-hmm. when you're, when you're causing more pain than good to expect someone to stick around and be loyal, whether it's a dog or a person, uh, loyalty in that case would just be stupidity. Right. Yeah. I think loyalty is a, yeah. uh, I actually don't think anyone is truly loyal without being masochistic. Yeah, there's I mean, really, I mean, people, people and uh, dogs, cats, whatever. I mean, they, they do things because it's somehow reinforcing to them. And that's the baseline for all behavior. Um, and that's when you break it down, it, it gets very, it's a very simple equation when it comes to when we get into behavior about how you can get behavior change as you you look at what happens before the behavior so that antecedent and you look at the consequence so what happens after the behavior and if you can control that antecedent or the consequence you can you can change the behavior and so for our animals we can um you know we can get behavior change just by uh by you know setting them up for success or changing their changing their consequences. Awesome. All right, I'm going to take uh, sponsor break number three, and then we're going to jump into top picks, which I think will be interesting. Having a non tech nerd on the show doing top picks. This will okay. be fun. All right. So our third sponsor today is Harvest. Uh, if you've been listening to Five by Five for a while, you've probably heard us talk about Harvest. Harvest is a beloved time tracking and invoicing tool for creative professionals and teams. If you want to do great work, let Harvest take care of the back office tasks so you can focus on delivering the best to your clients. Time tracking is easy with Harvest. Uh, Simply start a timer from your web browser, desktop, or your mobile device. And right now from your favorite project tool, uh, management tool like Basecamp or Trello. It's the most painless way for you and your team to enter time. Harvest has other great features like visual time reports to help you get your projects done on time and within budget, ensuring a successful project and a happy client. 
You can even do invoicing with just one click and you get a professional looking invoice with multiple payment options accepted so you'll get paid for all your valuable work. Harvest just released a really cool video highlighting how an agency can utilize their services to do great work for their clients. Go to getharvest.com slash 5 by 5 that's 5BY5, to watch the video and start your free 30-day trial. After the trial period, you can use the code 5 by 5 at checkout and receive 50% off your first month. Offer expires August 1st, 2013. All right. So I have some nerdy top picks, but I tried to temper them uh, down to more like uh, what would you normal top picks. <laughs> but why don't we start with your first top pick and we'll go back and forth. Okay. Um, so my first top pick, I'm going to go with a website, actually. Um, and they have a Facebook page and that that's actually where I get uh, notifications and a lot of stuff is off their Facebook Facebook page. Um, it's Four Paws University, and their website is the number four paws u dot com. And um, it's it's a trainer who's based out of Sacramento, I believe. Um, but she gives great art. She has great articles and research about uh, dog behavior and um, especially about aggression and a lot of the stuff that the that uh we talk about these myths um with dominance and pack leadership and um it's not to say that there that again we don't that 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 doesn't exist it does but just not to the magnitude that you know um old training theories and maybe even some of the media would have you believe so um it's a it's a great resource for not only for for, for professionals but just for common dog owners um, to get a lot of useful information about what's accurate and and what out there are these misconceptions that that need to be rectified. So, do you recommend this to your clients? I do. There are some articles that I will send along. There's a there's actually a a, um, a great one. I'm looking it up in my bookmarks right now. Um, that addresses the um the whole dog uh dominance theory alpha dog um uh debate that's out there and addresses uh Caesar Milan who again is um is a you know a kind of a controversial con- controversial topic he's uh uses a lot of old um, outdated methods. And so the, um, the article, I believe, uh, you can find it in the, I think there's a blog portion on this website, but it's, it's titled the dog whisperer controversy. And it breaks it down the history of talking about the wolves. Like I just did, um, understanding what aggression is and, um, signs of stress and, and, uh, you know, giving people the tools to actually interpret and read body language more accurately. Um, because that's, that's where a lot of, that's where a lot of problems develop is, uh, people misinterpret what that dog is really trying to say. And, um, and as a, as a result, uh, end up doing things that are more harmful than good. Awesome. 
All right. That sounds like an awesome resource for a lot of people, including me. I should go read it instead of depending on you to teach me everything. Um, <laughs> so my first pick is, it, this will be my nerdiest one. Uh, it's an application available in the Mac App Store called Visual Grep. And it's a cool utility that lets you, it basically uses the Unix tool Grep to search through folders of files, looking for files that contain a certain word or pattern, which means, so you're not using Spotlight, you're using a non-index search, which means it's not creating a database ahead of time. It's just really quickly just digging through all the files it can find for this word. Uh, and it's a great way if uh, if Spotlight is failing you and trying to find something you did last year and you can't remember enough about it to remember what you named it or anything, it's a great way to dig through and find all the files that would have what you remember talking about. Uh, that's that's my primary use case. There's a lot more uh, a lot more uh, use for it in say coding applications, but uh, super nerdy. And I, I doubt Aditi that you're going to have a lot of uh, commentary to add to that. Not really your wheelhouse. Probably not. Not, not really. I, I let you take care of that area. <laughs> all right. So we'll go ahead and move on to your second pick. Okay, so my second pick is like completely off topic. Um, it is a book. I, I don't, I don't get a lot of downtime for just like leisure reading these days. But um, the last book, well, one of the last books I read that I really enjoyed was called The Night Circus uh, by Aaron Morgenstern. And it's uh, it's um, it's kind of a fairy taleish type of book as far as um, well, I should say magical uh, because it, it has to do with this this circus, but a, a whole different type of a world and um, illusions and whatnot. And it was well written. It was uh, it was a lot of fun to read, and in some ways, I. I hope they make it into a movie, but I'm also a little fearful that if they do, they're never going to really capture um, how 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 it is in your imagination when you're actually reading the book. So, anyway, that's my second pick. What uh, say like Harry Potter, for example? Did they capture what was in your imagination? I know you read some of those books. Yeah. Did they- Pretty much, I, I read all of them. I was a I'm a I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Um, they did a pretty good job. I mean, that whenever you get into a book that has so much detail, like the Harry Potter series did, and then what the Night Circus has as well. Um, obviously, you're, I'll say it again and again: movies are never as good as the books. But when I go in to watch a movie that is um, based on a book. I try to separate the two out. I don't go in um, trying to compare through the whole thing because I know I'll be disappointed. So I try and just take it as a separate entity. But um, I, I thought they did a, a fairly good job considering how lengthy, especially some of those books were I, so, in the Harry Potter series. That, that is. is why I don't read books. They ruin movies. <laughs> they can. They can, but again, you just have to go into it with a different. You're familiar with the. Uh, you're familiar with the pile of books next to my bed that I haven't finished. I'm, I'm very familiar with that. <laughs> yes. 
Okay, so my second pick, I'm in a hotel right now, which is why the audio is a little bit choppy, and I'm using a microphone I've never used before, but I do have one saving grace, and that is this Iper Espresso machine that they put in every room, and it takes these little pods, and you just you fill up the water tank when you when you get into the room, and then it's good for quite a few cups of coffee. You drop a pod into it. And it's a lot like an espresso kind of setup. You can choose your espresso or kind of an Americano version. And you just put your cup under it, press the button. And within about 30 seconds, you have a pretty decent cup of espresso. Better than like if I walked down to Starbucks uh, and spent a lot of money in a relative sense. Uh, I get really good coffee from this thing. So I ordered uh, six more pods this morning. Uh, to hopefully get me through the oh. week. And not for, like, just this morning. <laughs> but, <laughs> for a moment there, I thought you were going to say you ordered one of those coffee makers. No, and I was like, no. Really? No, I really, I like... We have a lot of coffee contraptions in our house already. I do, I do collect those, yes. Um, but uh, it's it's a good, good travel uh, amenity. I appreciate that it's in my room. And I'm staying at the uh, the Zeta uh, in San Francisco used to be called the Milano and they've redesigned the whole thing with, uh, sustainable materials. And the whole thing is kind of a, it's a green hotel and I can't vouch for how green it actually is, but they do make a, an effort. They give me a $10 mini bar credit for every day. I turn down room service, which is awesome. Cause I always turn down room service anyway. Now I get paid to do it, <laughs> which covers my, my That's coffee awesome. habit because it's $4 for right. two pods, but I'm getting them for free. And nobody's making my bed behind my back. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> okay, so what would your last pick be? Okay, my last pick, and for anybody who knows me, this isn't going to be a big surprise, but uh, my last pick is going to be Paco Collars. Uh, one of my favorite collar companies. They're based out of California, Um they do uh, custom work, um, and uh, they also have a great um, selection of, of collars that you can just, you know, order from the designs that they have. But they they uh, make their collars in-house. They're all hand, you know, Tooled. Ha- handmade. Um, the leather is, it, it's like the same grade that you get for like equestrian tack. So it's, it's really supple and it just gets, it just gets softer over time. And, and I think there is truth behind it when they say that the, the collars will probably outlive your dog. So, um, they, they're just, they do gorgeous work. Uh, the collars are pretty kick-ass. You can get them from, you know, really, um, you know, kind of a dainty look to, uh, some, some pretty tough looking collars and, as you know, Brett, um, our dogs have have a uh, have a selection of collars to choose from every day, and we have quite a few Paco collars that are in the mix. So. Would you say our dogs could? That's my third. Would pick. you say our dogs could wear a different collar every day of the week? Oh, every day of the week, yeah, without repeating. I probably almost to the point where at least one of them could probably wear a different collar for a month. This is a this but is a problem. That would be, that 
that would that would be pushing it. That you know, I don't. I, I'm not one who who spends a lot of money on shoes or purses or things like that. Well, maybe <laughs> at one, one point, but <laughs> um, dog collars are kind of my are kind of my weakness. But I haven't I haven't got a collar for them and. Oh, in like a month, a month or two. Yeah. So that's pretty good. <laughs> but we are hosting, in case you, you may have forgot about this, I don't know, but we are hosting a Paco Collar class at our home um, the beginning of July. So uh, we will be adding yet another collar to our collection. I just heard in the background a Siamese cat and a parrot. That would be our zoo. Yep. Yeah. That would be... Steve the Miser and Jasmine is back home. So, <laughs> all right. So my last pick is actually tangentially related. It's um, I'm going to pick uh, Emma. Oh, Emma. That's Emma nice. is that's my a good pick. my favorite dog. She is a American. Oh, you say it. What is she? She's an American pit bull terrier. Old family red red nose red. Well, that's that's what we think, but we don't know. She's I mean, a rescue. Yeah. She's a rescue. She's a rescue. She's, un- she's a she's a red dog. She's a medium sized red dog. That's all people need and to she know. She has Frankenstein <laughs> knees. Yes. She she's our bionic dog. Both knees replaced with the equivalent of monofilament wires. Not wires. Yes. Strings. What do you call that? Lines. Strings. Uh lines. Yeah. Um but she, for a while, makeshift, she was makeshift ligaments. She was crawling. She was pulling herself around on just her front legs most of the time because her her knees were. We found out later that her uh, was it patella? No. What do you call the kneecap? Well, she tore her CCLs. So and there were pit, bits of bone of, floating around in her knees. Yeah. Well, cartilage, but yeah. That's um, why I love there you. There was lots of. There was lots of debris in there when they went to uh, do surgery. So yes, and now she is. But she is. Uh, she gets along. You know, she 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 runs and jumps and plays with the best of them. She now, tears so. around. She's still super fast. Um, but anyway, I got a for my birthday. Uh, Aditi very sweetly got me a a flask, and it was created by Paco Collars, and it has. Emma's face with her her big grin uh, 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 tooled into the leather in color on the front, hand painted, and it is by far my favorite thing to drink. Uh, just about any kind of uh, brown liquor out of it's awesome. Th- yeah, and 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 we have to we have to brag about our dogs a little bit that they. Um, well, they, they both passed their canine good citizen tests like a while ago, you know, like several years ago, they've had, they've had that under their belt, but they just recently passed their therapy dog international test. So they are now officially, um, registered therapy dogs and we take them to nursing homes and, um, you know, assisted living places and, uh, both dogs are Emma or Pipple and Chance our German Shepherd, um, do very well in the residents absolutely love them so that's awesome um yes all right so i think we're about to cough and i don't have a cough button on this mic 
and I don't have any water uh -oh. next to me. I have a bottle of water here that if I open it, it'll cost me like $8. So I can't, I just morally can't do it. So I may start coughing, <laughs> but, okay. but I'm going to go ahead and do our last sponsor read and then we'll figure out where people can find out more about you. Okay. All right. Hold on. <clears throat> that wasn't too loud, was it? No. Okay. So uh, our fourth sponsor today is very special. It is MailChimp.com, and they provide easy email newsletters. MailChimp helps you design email newsletters, share them on social networks, and integrate them with services you already use. Did your headphones just come unplugged? No. Oh, I just got horrible echo. Something just snapped. Well, let me... Oh, the volume just popped way up. Hang on. Okay. How's That's that? much better. Okay, so our okay. fourth sponsor today is MailChimp.com, uh, easy email newsletters. MailChimp helps you design email newsletters, share them on social networks, integrate with services you already use, and track your results. It's like your own personal publishing platform. They help you customize your sign-up form to match your brand so you can share it on your website and integrate it into your Facebook page. You can even collect signups from an iPad or a laptop. Importing an existing list into MailChimp is also a snap, no matter how it's formatted. And you can personalize everything your subscribers see, including sign-up forms and confirmation emails. There's never been a better time to try MailChimp. With 2,000 subscribers, you can send 12,000 emails per month forever. Just visit MailChimp.com slash 5 by 5 to learn more. So, Aditi. Yes. You are not terribly active on Twitter. I'm not. It's. Uh, I, I know that's a sad, uh, a sad thing, but um, uh, I I tweet like a couple times a year. I think I think it's safe <laughs> to say you have tweeted a couple times. It, yes, generally when we go to Wits shows, uh, I, I'll that's where I do most of my tweeting because I want to see my posts up on the big screen. <laughs> um, but then, you know, then we don't go to a, a wits show for months, and I'm pretty much a ghost on Twitter. So, 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 so giving people that isn't going to be great. Do you have a website? I do have a website. Um, it is urbaneanimal.com. Um, I, I, I used to be a little bit better about keeping up with doing some blogging and and I, I have not blogged for uh, for a few months now, which is really bad, um, mainly because my traveling um, with the ASPCA and, and just uh, my day-to-day -day, um, client workload has been pretty high lately, and I just haven't had a chance to sit down and write. But if you go there, you'll, you can learn a little bit more about me. And um, I also am on Facebook as well, Urbane Animal and well urbane animal behavior is uh the facebook page and we also have minnesota pit stop as well so we do um very small amount of fostering every year and uh training and and education about um pit bulls and um the different myths that <laughs> surround them trying to set their record straight Perfect. I'll link, uh, I'll link all of that in the show notes. And okay. I am TT scoff everywhere. 
everywhere, literally everywhere. And uh, <laughs> except for at brettterpster.com, I'm just Brett there. I blog under my own name. Just, just Brett. Just Brett. That's uh, actually my next podcast, Just Brett. It's just going to be me talking. There you As, go. Are you going to talk to yourself? Yeah. In a room full of Bretts? Yeah, that's for people who uh, who aren't me or Aditi. That, that has always been my line where I'll make a joke and it's probably not funny, but I always say that would have killed in a room full of Bretts because I think I'm hilarious, but um, that does not always translate to any other human beings. Um, but I have on occasion found that room full of Bretts, especially in the nerd community. Yep. Yeah, I... I've been witness to it a few times, <laughs> and I've even called it out. I was like, "Oh my gosh, you have a war- uh, a room full of Bretts right now." Oh, good times! All right, well, I'm gonna wrap up episode 48 right there. Uh, maybe sometime when we have a better internet connection, I will have you back on, and uh, and we can. Yeah, that went by really fast. I feel like we we like barely touched anything, but well. That's awesome. I, I, that was, that it would take was, a it, it would take a two hour show to really dig into a lot of this stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Yes, you're welcome. All right. I will be back with another guest in one week. Okay. Okay.